Uh, recording, recording, and uh, we're going live. You ready? Sweet. Let's okay. do this. Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. We are back with another episode of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. Good morning, everyone. I am Pooch of Repcord. Uh, with me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Andrew Mayhall, the king of the Empire of Sticky 3D Gloop. Andrew, good morning. How are you yes. today? How was your week? I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh week was pretty good. Um yeah. glad to be back home. <laughs> yeah, out, uh, you were just traveling. You were traveling. Yeah. Where were you? Tell everybody where you were. We were at the uh Orlando Maker Fair down in Orlando, Florida. So um yeah. And for anyone listening back that doesn't know what a maker fair, what can one expect when they go to a maker fair? So this is why we didn't record last week, guys. We were off mm-hmm. because Andrew was off, so half the half the team was away. <laughs> but tell tell people yeah. about a maker fair that are listening back uh, that that might not be as uh, plugged into the maker space and and why those they're so awesome. So a maker fair is basically just a celebration of kind of all of those makers out there. Those, you know, uh, like, you know, the people here listening in, right. Uh, you know, these people that are, you know, just making either cool stuff or they have the hobbies or, you know, they're turning it into their job. Um, you know, it's a, it's a cool place to see what people are up to, what they're working on. Um, yeah. It's great. <laughs> I, I, I love them. They've got a little something for every, I feel like anybody can get, value out of a maker fair even if you're not mm-hmm. into the making movement or any of that stuff it's a great place to take kids it's just there's always it's like this amazing show and tell kind of mm-hmm. uh that that yep. you know people are just kind of showing off projects that they've worked on a lot of good passion projects it's not necessarily all about business there are companies that that sponsor and you know do all that stuff too but i feel like it's a great environment uh for everyone so uh, there's a good chance uh that there may be one in your neck of the woods i mean they're international uh, I've been mm-hmm. to, uh, I've been to the one in Prague. I've been to New York and the Bay Area one. I have not been to Orlando yet. And then there's mini maker fairs all over the country and yep. stuff as well too, which are really cool. So good plug for for maker fair was a, I think it was a the brainchild originally make make magazine right. Uh, yeah. And I'm not entirely sure what that relationship is nowadays because uh, it seems like it keeps going and coming and going but yeah uh anyway cool events to check out and then other housekeeping we will be off again next week because i will be gone uh to form (laughs) next which is a big industrial additive manufacturing conference in frankfurt germany which i am uh super excited about i haven't been to frankfurt in uh, decades now. I mean, oh, wow. uh, outside the airport, at least. So looking forward <laughs> to connecting with some um, uh, some of my European friends and just seeing some awesome new uh, tech and exciting stuff in the additive manufacturing uh, space. So I'm told it's like the industrial conference to go to. So that should That's be exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for those of you new to our process here, uh, we are a podcast. We talk about maker entrepreneurialism. So people that might want to uh, make a run of taking something that's their hob- hobby and turning it into a, a livelihood. Um, we talk about all matters of subjects from just you know business operations and stuff and strategy, tech, technical uh, stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we do not claim to have it all figured out. We are both very much oh, in God, the process no. <laughs> ourselves. But Repcord has been around for six years now. Gloop has been around for about four, right? Five. Four, four, five. four and a half, five years. Yeah. We'll, we'll round up for you. Five. This yeah. sounds good. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we certainly have our, our perceptions of things. Uh, I, I have a uh, small 1700 square foot shop and two employees. So that's kind of the size that we're at. Andrew is still running out of his basement, though, working on growing. <laughs> yep. And it's him and, and other Andrew as his partner. So you get a yep. sense of our, our size of, of things. So that's some context for you. Um, we'll, we'll do the plug right now. Please like subscribe, bring a friend. If you want to interact with us, we record generally every, uh, Friday at 9am on YouTube. So that's a great way to hop on, uh, get in the chat, feed us some questions, uh, tell us we're stupid, what, whatever you want. We like the interaction. <laughs> we like the, it, we really want this to be a conversation as best as possible. We also have the maker that money hotline. So there's a link right above me. If you're looking in it's uh, repcord.com slash MTM hotline. And, uh, we are, believe it or not, a call in show. You can call in and operators are standing by, uh, to <laughs> let you join our conversation if you are so inclined or brave enough to do so. So, that's all of that. Um, this awesome. week, this week on the pod, we discuss product reviews. We've all seen them. We all spend a lot of time on Amazon mm-hmm. scouring the reviews, looking for the best of the best and all that stuff. So that's uh, there's a lot to discuss there. There's obviously value uh, as a consumer, value as a, a business, you know, to having these things. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we'll discuss some techniques and stuff. But before we do... Uh, we have to do the thing we try to do every week, which is bring in that positive energy. Focus on the positive oh energy. Block out the bad. <laughs> Harness the good energy. Block the bad. It's all good, right? <laughs> uh, we talk about wins, right? So we we like to focus on some wins for the week. So everybody that's in the chat, if you've got something you're particularly happy about this week and you'd like to share with the group, we encourage you to do so right now. Go ahead and tell us, what was your win this week? What was something good that happened to you? Because... We need to hear more of the good, given all the yes negative stuff <laughs> that's happening uh, these days. Uh, Andrew, absolutely. Right, all right, you know what? I'm on no. the hot seat, eh? No, okay. I'm going first this week because I always put you on the hot seat first, which is all never, right. Let's never do this. Fair. Um, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, you know, <laughs> as as unsexy as it is, the importance of organization in business it cannot be <laughs> overstated. Um, and we. Uh, had a nice, uh, every quarter or so we do like a B stock sale or whatever, where we'll go through the shop and we'll collect everything. And, and, uh, we, we just did a great job. I'm really proud of my team for helping, uh, clear out some stuff. We, we were, we're, you know, clearing out the old, trying to get a better organization stuff. So we mm-hmm. did that and, uh, we're, we're doing, um, uh, we, we found like basically piece together like nine more rep box uh, acrylic units that I'm going to put up after I get off the show here. So nice. if anybody wants like a B stock for that, but I'm like, that's good because it just feels like we were able to get a little bit more Zen, a little more cleaned out, make <laughs> some space for the new product and stuff that we're working on. And so I am happy that we just did a little bit of house cleaning and it feels good. Okay. I think that's it, awesome. feels good. it always feels good when you kind of clean out your space. Right. So I'm going to take that as my win this week. What That's do you awesome. got? What do you got for us, Andrew? Uh, Gloop is GS1 uh, registered. We now have UPC codes. So hey, that's we a have big a company deal. prefix. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that costs a bit of money. Why don't you tell really quick? Because that's a bit of a digression. Yeah. But GS1 is the the overseeing uh, mm-hmm. entity that, that handles like barcoding, 
right? So if you yep, want to have correct. a product in on a shelf in a store, uh, and the Amazon mm-hmm. kind of requires it, but maybe not as as strictly as some of the brick and mortar people do. So this is something yep. that you would do if you want to sell product in a store. Typically, a lot of these retailers want to make sure you have that approved mm-hmm. barcode, right? So tell us about yep. that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's basically just uh, you know signing up to this service where they give you a thirteen digit code, and uh, you know you're you have uh, you know that that's what's kind of going to be recognized you know here in the United States uh, when someone searches that code, it'll come up with your product information, whatever you have it registered in their database. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can get a GS one or GTIN uh, individually for like thirty bucks, something like that. Um, which is fine. That's just one code. But uh, the way to properly do it is to become GS1 registered with a company prefix. Yep. So you're buying a block of codes. Yeah. Um, and so they have ranges. You can get like 10 codes or uh, 100 codes or 1,000 codes, depending on how many products you're uh, going to be us, selling. Give us a sense of what that costs. Yeah. So generally speaking, I think it's somewhere like $250 for 10 codes. If you're going to go to the hundred codes, I think they give you a bit of a discount at like $750. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it goes up from there. A thousand codes is about 2,500 bucks. Um, but you know, every, every variation of your product, every package size, you know, all, all of that requires its own code. Yeah. It's a unique so, ID. Yeah. Yeah. And to give you some context, guys, that that's actually come down substantially from mm-hmm. even just the last five years. Cause I looked into this really, really early on. And I want to say that it was far more expensive than that. So that still yep. feels, you know, expensive to the average person. You're like, wow, that sucks. You have to pay that. And then I think mm-hmm. there's an annual yep. uh, renewal fee for your licensing and stuff. It's kind of a racket, right? But, but yeah, uh, it is. I mean, it's a business, it is. you know, and, and they yeah. maintain basically a global database of, these barcodes mm-hmm. uh, and it's become kind of the de facto standard for a unique product identifying uh, marks. Yeah. And there's yeah, other ones yeah. too. Like, I mean, I know there's other code formats like EAN mm-hmm. and, and uh, yep. uh, stuff like that. I, are those handled by other entities or is that just a, a, f- a formatting? So uh, I, I believe there are other entities, but um, you know, generally speaking, there's like the GS one for the U S then there's, um, you know, ones for, I think there's another governing body for the EAN, EIN, or I'm not sorry, not EIN, EAN, you know, uh, UPC codes for, um, you know, Europe, but yeah, they basically same thing. Um, so it, it works, it works out. I mean, it's, it's a big kind of, I guess, kind of rite of passage going into retail now. Um, you know, having that UPC code and, and everything else is going to be pretty exciting. It's, it's a little win, but it's it, it, it is. Win. No, I mean, it's <laughs> funny that we have these little metrics along the way where it's like you, it, it, you, you feel like you're getting some mm-hmm. legit, like, okay, you know, this is real. Yeah. You know, I think that yeah. certainly when we like got, when I started paying rent and had a shop and hired employees, mm-hmm. like those are all things. But like, I remember that too, like getting barcodes. What's, what's another one that's like a kind of a milestone in business, like getting your actual business license sometimes, um, you know, sure. all those things like, and, and we don't really stop and reflect on like the progress mm-hmm. of like what you've built and, and, and those are the things that add brand value you know, to, mm-hmm. to who you are. So when you think about like maybe getting a trademark or getting a patent or yep. any of those things, like those are all kind of steps along the way of like building up your brand value. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, that's nice. So kudos to you for that. That's a good win. Uh, I want to go through a couple wins 
in the chat, we've got, uh, let's see. Oh, Grant from 3D Musketeer says he finally installed some smart dimmers and switches <laughs> in the audio room, and he did not get shocked. Good for you, Grant. Uh, listen, having been <laughs> one who has ridden the lightning uh, more than his share of times from doing all his own electrical work, uh, that's, uh, that's a good win. Um, also, I love smart switches. My entire house is filled with them. I've got a link to my... Uh, my Alexa, so I can just, you know, be such a dork and say, turn on all these lights, <laughs> turn these off, you know, whatever. But I, I find it handy because I'm often, my hands are full and who has time to, you know, flip light switches like some sort of normie. Um, <laughs> you know, I like, I love voice control stuff. It's the future, the future. It's the future. The future. Uh, what else? Oh, Filament Stories, Courtney, good to see you. I'm going to see you next week in uh, Frankfurt. That's exciting. Uh, let's see. Organization is her favorite pastime. I'll bet she's just constantly doing amazing organizational things. Uh, da, 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 da. Alex out of the UK designed and ordered more exterior banding. Uh, a lot of fun with it. And he's looking forward to the parcel. I don't, uh, maybe I missed some context earlier on, on what that exactly is for, but Hey, a win is a win is a win. Good. Good for you, Alex. We're, ha we're happy for you. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's a lot, uh, that's a lot of excitement and energy to start off. That's how we like to mm -hmm. lead off, right? You can just hear, yes. it, hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm happy for the wins. I wish everybody as many wins as they, they can possibly get these days. Let's talk about product oh boy. reviews. <laughs> so I'm going to lead off. We're going to go go about this from a different direction, and I'm going to lead off like with a, with a question, with a hard-hitting journalistic question oh for boy. you, Andrew. I'm going to ask, in this day, product reviews have been a thing for mm -hmm. quite a long many, time. many, many years yes. now. It's almost since the dawn of e-commerce on, on the website, mm -hmm. right? on, on, on the web. Yep. Um, do they have value mm -hmm. anymore? I'm just going to like... I'm just going to put it out there like that. Do product <laughs> reviews, and you guys answer this in the chat as well. Do product reviews have value? And that's just like a, no, a big sweeping kind of. Yeah, that is a big one. Um, I think it depends on the person. Um, and the, the reason why I say that is, is, you know, some people will prioritize, um, I think, when it comes to purchasing, like how they're going to purchase their, their items, um, you know, if it is something that has a positive review or a negative review, um, you know, and, and kind of determining is it is it really worth the value that they're putting on the item? Um, you, you know, for me, I'll occasionally look at reviews, but most of the time I'll just look at pictures or images. And if it looks like something of quality, like I'll give it a shot. But I know my wife is completely different you know yeah, she yeah. will sit there and read every single review oh wow for like literally minutes to hours before she actually decides that she's gonna get something yeah and and then half the time she gets it and then she's like i knew that negative review was true i should have never bought this piece of junk <laughs> and then you know curses it uh... <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, um, you, no, you're so, you're absolutely right. So there's a, I mean, that's a, it's such a broad, sweeping, generic question, obviously, yeah. right? And and uh, fix some dude in the chat says, you know, real reviews have value, certainly. Sure. Um, it, there's a lot of things that go into what what is the value as well, right? Like, and and mm -hmm. and how you know how expensive is this product? Like, like there's a degree of like. Mm -hmm. 
I know if it's a more typically it's a more expensive thing or something that I've been thinking about for a long time, I'm going to spend time researching it. I'm going to read as much information as sure. I can get on it. I love the idea, as many do, of like, well, this is is this going to be like, what is the best way to get a sense of a product outside all of the marketing speak that's out there? Mm-hmm. Of course, the problem is is that a lot of uh, less savory you know, brands and companies out there have learned how to game the system, you know, and I know yep. that there's rules. So if I'm talking about Amazon in general, cause it's probably like one of the largest aggregators of product reviews mm-hmm. that we have uh, to go by. Um, you know, there are obviously a ton of companies out there that are just going for that, that, yep. that's that star rating that review at whatever cost you know you're not supposed to be able to pay for reviews or you know sure uh, there, there was and that that the rules around that have changed over time you know there, there would be deals where it's like we will send you a product for free if you will do an honest review about it but then mm-hmm. you know um so the nice thing about you know amazon is that at least there's um uh some degree of like like they can't they can't control the person's listing can't control whose reviews get shown and don't get shown. And yep. so mm-hmm. in the aggregate as a trend over time, mm-hmm. you would hope that that average, you know, comes out, but it, that takes a lot of reviews in my opinion, it to does. get a really good sense of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so that that's something where it's a public forum review. So I think there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of context that has to happen, and yep. then and then there's like your own website where certainly you can put up stuff that has product reviews. But I see that and I'm sure. like, of course you're only gonna put the best, or maybe you're gonna like, you know, if somebody's like really, you're, flimmy, gonna, like, cherry you're, gonna, you're yeah. gonna cherry pick. You're gonna cherry yeah. pick. You're gonna cherry pick, right? And so. Mm-hmm. As a product review that is on like a company's own website worth anything, I would say probably not. Um, sure. You know, a better company would hopefully just leave it open to the public and, you know, respond mm-hmm. to comments and stuff and hope that there's, you know, and, and companies do. Sure. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate because there's no denying that psychologically it matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like if Absolutely. you go and you see two products on a listing and one has a four and a half star review and another one has a three star review and mm-hmm. maybe even if they, you know, uh, the, even if like the problem is like when one has like 5,000 reviews and the only other one only has a hundred, right? Your sample size yep. is so much smaller. Right. But yeah, but psychologically like Amazon and other companies I have like, just by putting that star rating there, people are like, well, I'm, I'm going to gravitate toward the one that is just like, better rated because we as humans probably don't spend as much time like analyzing the information that's put in front of us in this Mm -hmm. day and age of yep disinformation oh yeah exactly all of that stuff exactly so given all of that like it's you know it's 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 hard to know what to think as a consumer certainly like we're putting Mm -hmm. our consumer goggles on right now we'll talk about as a company in in a second sure what do you think? So, you know, it, it's it's tough because, you know, as a as a consumer, um, you know, I, I mean, I've done this before. 
you know, where I will look at a review and then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of like, okay, well, this one has some higher reviews, uh, but it has a lot more and this one's lower, but it's a higher rating and I'll try and kind of weigh it out. And, and this is where, you know, I think the, the consumer has to make the decisions ultimately and evaluating, you know, the worth of the item. Cause I think ultimately that's what the reviews are for yep. is for consumers to actually have some sort of baseline for their worth of okay i'm i'm gonna buy this unit for ten dollars right ten dollars you know i might be i might have a decent amount of disposable income so ten dollars doesn't really mean a whole lot to me whereas someone else who might have you know have less disposable income and that ten dollars means a little bit more they're going to want to make for sure that you know they're getting some sort of value out of that um i think that's where it really comes it it comes down to play um in in the aspect of uh uh of a customer going to a website directly um where the website owner controls the reviews uh i still think there is some incredible value there uh and and i'll speak from experience uh here at gloop we never had reviews on our products at all uh we had the ability to put a review on the on the website for a long time but as like you, um, you know, it's like, ah, it's never going to be worth anything because people are going to think we're going to cherry pick it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to hide all of the bad reviews, right. you know, whatever. And so it's just never going to do anything until one day we're like, you know what? Let's just try it and see. And, you know, how our website works is, is after a certain amount of time, uh, after you purchase the product, it will send an email soliciting a review, basically saying, hey, would you mind telling other people, you know, how, uh, you know, how the product works for you or whatever else. It's very generic. Sure. Um, you know, we don't promise anything. We're just like, would you, would you care to leave a review? Yeah. And to our surprise, so many people started leaving reviews. Yeah. And, you know, we never really actually, you know, thought that this was a good way for us to get feedback on how our product was working. So on the business side, mm-hmm. it actually really, it was super helpful, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I feel like we were getting some, some kind of unfiltered, you know, unbiased reviews, yeah. but also at the same time, there's a decent amount of, you know, just, you know, these little five star, like it works or it's good or whatever. And it's like, they don't provide any context. And there's also been a few where one stars where it came in and it's like, I hate it. And they never explain <laughs> why they never like, more, please, they never more. Yeah. Y- y- you know? Like, and it's like, okay, well what's going on? Y- you know, <laughs> I hate those so much. It feels just like a drive by, right? Just somebody just like came by and slapped you and ran away. You're like, what the hell? Yep. You know? like, yeah. 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 Like I don't have a problem with people. Like I understand that the, the mistakes are going to happen. Things are going to be imperfect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll just talk from our, our site. We, we did have reviews up for a while and then I pushed an update to the website that broke the review engine and then mm. i never fixed it again um and i've had a couple of people uh actually reach out and just say like i i love this i would like to leave a review i've had other people um you know email me directly and there's probably a lot of people that i just never mm-hmm. heard from um because they didn't have a a means to do that um sure i i don't think i'm inherently opposed to it i think part of the challenge as a business and as a small business a lot of the time is i still struggle with uh, people finding our product and even understanding what it is and so when when somebody buys something so I'll just I'll just speak frankly with with our with our storage boxes. Uh, there are mm-hmm. so many people out there 
that assume that it's a dry box, meaning that they think that they should be able to put their filament in it, mm. close it, and throw yep. it into a, a, a lake, and it'll float. Um, sure. <laughs> why that's the assumption is just beyond me. But I understand. Like, there's a fundamental, like, uh, filament and 3D printing guys, like, will absorb moisture over time and stuff like that. And so, mm -hmm. there, you know, there's a degree of protection that we want to do. But the, the whole point of our design, one, first, first and foremost, the design was, organization and then practicality of I want to be able to print from this thing or put it up there. Sure. I can keep it protected to some extent, you know, but, but it's not a perfect system for any of those, those categories. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of people that they look at it, they go, Oh, cool. Dry box. I need that. They buy it and they go, your dry box sucks, bro. And I'm like, what, <laughs> where, first of all, where in the description, nobody reads the description. Nobody like understands us. So like, but where, where did it say that it's a dry box? Uh, and, and two, if somebody is assuming that and then goes and leaves a review without having the context mm -hmm. of even what it's for, same thing. We updated the roller mechanism and everybody's like, the rollers don't spin. I'm like, they're not supposed to spin. Like if yep. you read the details around what this thing is, but you don't, you don't get that. And so I think, the, there's a, a multifaceted issue that I still have to address in, in terms of like providing better means of getting information about what the product is before useful reviews sure. can even exist. I don't know. What do you sure. guys tell me in the chat? What you guys think about that? Like that's a that's, that's an ongoing that's frustration an for point. me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's an excellent point because you know, for for example, three D Gloop is an adhesive, and most people, when you try to tell them how to use an adhesive, they stare at you and they're like, I'm not, I'm an, not idiot. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, I yeah. know how to use an adhesive. I can use but, glue. You know, no, you can't. I could, yeah, I can use glue. But the thing is, is glue isn't like a normal adhesive. And there are a couple scenarios in which, it, you know, it really, it, it will impact how the product performs. Yeah. We had a review come in specifically for uh, for our products where a gentleman ordered our smallest bottle product and he was intending to use it on a really large format sword that he was printing and his goal was to glue this thing together and he assumed that our glue was basically repackaged super glue if you will and that he had plenty of time to brush it all over the surface and it had to be all over the surface in order to make a good bond and you know all of these other things and he was so frustrated because our product wouldn't work in the way that he in Want, his head he wanted he wanted believed it should right it should that he went and left a review about how it didn't work and all of the reasons why. And it wasn't until we actually reached out to him and was basically asking more information, more context that he literally said, Oh, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. He's like, well, I feel like I reviewed the product incorrectly. If you wouldn't mind, yeah. go ahead and take that down. You, you know? <laughs> so, so did he mod the review? So unfortunately, our site doesn't allow a mod review. It's just, it's either on or off. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it was like, okay, well, hey, you know, at least he's understanding. And we were, you know, we asked him and made for sure, like, okay, we could go ahead and take it down. But it, yeah, it was a very short, like, this didn't work. This is why it doesn't work. This is why it sucks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until he actually understood the context of, of how the adhesive works that it was like, oh, it makes sense. So to your point, I yeah. think that there's absolutely something there when you're saying like, you know, you have to, there, there's like a bar that you have to pass if you will, of, of basically communicating to the customer 
what this product is and how it works before any of those reviews actually are meaningful to begin with. You know, it's you funny. Know? I think about it. I'm like, it's almost like before you're allowed to leave a review, you have to go through like the basic training course, <laughs> you know, where it's like, did you, or like a basic, tr it's, it's kind of like, you know, the frustrating thing we get where it's like you call customer service and they make you escalate, yes. you know, to make sure that yes. you're doing the, did mm -hmm. you try turning it off and back on again before we <laughs> send you to a level three tech that, you know, knows yeah. how to dig in. But, um, uh, it, it, as a, let's focus a little bit deeper on this as a company, uh, that mm -hmm. wants reviews. Like I, I want feedback. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also want to make sure that everything is 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 fair, and that, that that's a two way sure. street. That I, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to cherry pick and put put reviews up there that are um, positive. Mm -hmm. Like I want to understand that you are leaving me f uh, honest, fair feedback, good or bad. I have no problem if there's negative feedback. Sure. If, you, if we screwed up, I don't have a problem with people knowing that we are human. Mm -hmm. um, yep. It's when you don't even. It, it, you know, like you said, you buy it and you assume based on whatever reasoning that it's going to work a certain way. The, the, mm -hmm. uh, and you, you know, you're not even using the product right to begin with because you didn't yeah. RTFM. Yeah. Um, the other real pain point as a, as a company and, uh, Joe and other people that are in the chat can probably attest to this is how frustrating it is that you get, uh, evaluated for shipping. Right. Or mm -hmm. or errors in shipping. Right. How mm -hmm. many people and, and I know that some companies have started to like I think Am Amazon started to segment out like like how 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 happy were you with the speed that this was delivered? You know, so there's some segmentation of the review. But yep. there's still a ton of people out there that will be like, well, I ordered this on Monday and it said it was going to be, you know, two day shipping and I didn't get it till Friday. And so therefore yep. one star, <laughs> you know, yep. and they're like and, and the problem yep. is, is that that affects obviously your aggregate, which is what most people look at. Like most people, mm -hmm. and I don't know, I'm speaking yep. in generalities, are not going to dig in and look at every review and be like, okay, no, I they're going to look at that. They're going to look at that aggregate. Mm -hmm. And so that's not, mm -hmm. that's totally unfair in terms of like, exactly. a lot of times like they get mad because like uh, customs like held it and they didn't know what customs was going to be. And so they refused the shipment and they're all flustered because they were going to have to pay $80 yep. in customs or whatever it is. This happens all the time when you deal with international shipping, unfortunately. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they leave a bad review because, and they never even got the product. So they're like reviewing yep. something that they don't even have or mm -hmm. know about. Yeah. Right. And so yep. how is that helpful to anybody? Yeah. That's a little it, pooch it, ranty, but <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, in terms of the business side, you know, uh, like you were saying, we want reviews. And for the longest time, you know, how we would do it is, is we would pick some orders at random and we would actually, when we got started, we would yeah. send an email out and we'd say, Hey, um, so-and-so thank you for your order. Um, you know, could you provide any, you know, sort of feedback on how you've been using it? How's the product working? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that was a very labor intensive process. And, you know, it was kind of a, you know, it was not really transparent, if you will, because it's all happening on on like a back channel sort of communication. Right. I do think that reviews could be incredibly valuable in the sense from from a business perspective of being able to actually hear 
what the customers are thinking of the product, if it's a decent review, right? Someone who's actually put some time into using the product and like they, they provide an unbiased sort of opinion of, okay, hey, I just got this product. It works, but this is where it doesn't work or whatever it might be. But most people don't do that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, in terms of the business perspective, it's it's really then now just about, okay, well, the higher I can get these review numbers, probably the more apt people are to purchase. Yeah. Um, and I will say that that is still true, um, as unfortunate as, as it is. Uh, when we turn the reviews on um, and, you know, our, our products are somewhere around like four stars, 4.5 stars on our website, um, you know sales in some cases for our abandoned cart recovery actually went down or, or like, you know, people were leaving less abandoned carts and mm. because they were seeing these reviews and they were like, okay, well, Hey, so-and-so thinks that this is a good thing. There's a few meaningful ones. And the, sure. you know, when we would reach out and say, Hey, you know, thanks for that positive review. Like what made you end up buying it? They're like, well, we saw other people leaving the reviews and we thought it was actually probably going to work. So we're like, yeah, okay, let's go ahead and get it. And, and you know, so there is some merit to the reviews, I think. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, but... it's a couple bad apples that ruin the whole process for everyone, right? Like, it's just, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, there, if there was an agreed upon rules of engagement, and again, this is totally <laughs> idealist. Uh, I, I know that the, the, that's not, you know, how the world works. And the, 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 the logic, the best logic we seem to have come up with is that over time, that will come out in the wash. Like if everybody mm -hmm. is subject to the same things, like you're gonna have yeah. there. There's gonna be no such thing as a perfect five star review because a perfect five star rating mm -hmm. because there's yeah. always gonna be people that are gonna one star because of shipping or like yeah you know the things that you can't control. Well, you know? and, and, and and yeah. Let's talk about differences in market too. Like as American sure. consumers look at things, mm -hmm. okay, the lens. This is, is <laughs> we were talking about this ahead of the show a little bit, guys. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, versus say European or uh, Asian or any other mm -hmm. part of the world in terms of what expectations are. Like it's so weird as uh, a company where you have a product, and mm -hmm. it is the same product for everybody. And mm -hmm. I, I'll get people email me. This is so cool. I love it. And it's great. And it's worth every penny. And I want, you know, more and more of them. And then I get other people that are like, this thing should be worth half as much. And all this, it's the exact mm -hmm. same product. They have the exact yep. same experience with it. And you're like, that is so yeah. bizarre, right? Like it doesn't, how, how is it this wide of a, you know, this is crap and worthless sure. to this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's interesting because, you know, like we like we were talking ahead of the show, it, it's I think it comes back to the individual person's perspective, but also, again, how they assign the value of of their dollars that they're that they're, you know, putting on, uh, you know, what it is that they're purchasing. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps, again, I, I think it also comes down to the internal perspective. Um, like, for example, um, you know, Mr. Guy who thought our glue was basically repackaged super glue, you know, he had this preconceived notion that this was going to behave in this particular manner. And when it didn't, and it didn't meet that expectation that he himself created, it was worthless and yeah, yeah. it was the worst thing that he's ever used. Um, whereas other people who are, you know, maybe understand it a little bit more or perhaps have a different perspective, you know, just in general, that it's more meaningful. Sure. Um, 
but one of the one of the interesting things I think also kind of comes into into play is 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 here in America so many like so many people are taught like oh the customer is always right and yeah. you know we had a segment on this right where sometimes the customer isn't always right and in many cases they're not right but it is somehow we've trained everyone into thinking like oh if i break the part and you know it was my fault the company should replace it because it was still what like it's just is that? what they did <laughs> yeah yeah no i know yeah. because we're what a, a we're entitled we're an entitled people i, I guess i yeah. don't know um or, that or is the company absolutely the company's it's just some massive organization and they can handle the little bit of loss so that, you know, I am, you know, not out my, you know, my hard earned dollars or, you know, it was like something out of my control, um, you know, or even going so far as to lie about something, you know, that's very clearly a blatant lie yeah. and that both parties know it's a lie. But it's just like, well, I'm still right. You owe me to to fix this. <laughs> I, I had you it know? the other day. And, you know, it, it depends. I, I think, of course, people are going to be like, well, if I can get away with trying to get a free part, mm -hmm. like, why shouldn't I? Right. I mean, it happened. And, and we've we've been conditioned. So I, I gave you the Starbucks example at the beginning of the thing. Yep. Like, you can go into yep. a Starbucks, order a coffee, spill it all over the floor in there and like 99 times out of a hundred, they'll just be like, no problem. We'll make you another one. And they'll mop it all up for you and yeah, all this stuff. And yeah. so like, what message is that sending people? Well, right. You know, like, Domino's. Yeah. Domino's didn't they do like a pizza insurance, like commercial where it's like, Oh, if you screw up your pizza on the way to your house, just call the store. We'll make you a whole new one. Right. You know? right. <laughs> because they've realized, and for certain products at certain price points, like they realized that sure. their customer service value, you know, is there, mm -hmm. that, but it's not like they're charging you pizza insurance. That would be a funny product. If they were like, yeah. do you want to spend the extra quarter for the pizza insurance or the coffee insurance <laughs> in case you spill this on the way to the car? I uh, got the insurance i got the insurance uh no but that's the that's the expectation right like mm -hmm. I, and maybe not for everybody because I've, I've done it both sure. ways like i've, I've <clears throat> and and if it's offered to me i yeah i'll, I'll take it but i've definitely mm -hmm. like spilled my coffee in my car and then i'm like well that was dumb and then i'll go back and i'll buy another one um but if it happens inside and they see it like or i've even mm -hmm. had it like where i like literally went out to the parking lot put it up on my car uh went to open the door knocked the thing off and it spilled all over the parking lot so i come in with like this empty cup like to the person that just <laughs> served me and i'm like i know this isn't your fault i know you don't have to do this but is there any way you can just make me another coffee and they're like oh my god absolutely i'm so sorry that happened um thank yeah. you for not spilling it in the lobby <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know that's really nice but had they had they said no i mm -hmm. I, I i mean it's funny because I'm like, well, if it said no, I would have been like a little bit disappointed because it's almost like a humiliation at that point. Sure. Even though sure. it's my fault. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I had a guy, you know, contact me, broke apart when he was putting together. And this it happens, you know, from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes, hey, I, br I broke this. Can you please send me another one? End of email. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Uh, mm -hmm. This is not a hill I'm gonna I'm willing to die on. It was a small part. It was easy. It was like a, a buck to ship a replacement, and I was like, sure, no problem. Yeah. Customer service concession, you know, warranty replacement, sure. whatever. Um, for bigger things, uh, sometimes I'll be like, you know what? Because we have stuff on there. If you break it when you're putting it together, you know, we we will offer replacement parts at a discount. You set the tone 
immediately. Yep. And a lot of times people are nice about it. They'll contact you. They'll say, uh, totally my fault. I screwed up. I broke this. Can, uh, can I get a replacement? What do I need to do to get a replacement part? They just asked a question. Mm -hmm. And yep. most of the time, if it's super cheap, I'll just be like, no problem. I'll send you another one. If it's kind of a bigger thing and it's got to go to like France, I'll be like, I'll tell you what, um, if you cover the shipping, I'll make you another part and send it to you. And yeah. most of the time that's, people are very happy about it. But these interactions are actually golden because like, this mm -hmm. is where your brand reputation actually lives and dies. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's so more meaningful. And I really wish there was a better rating metric for problem solving. Yeah, Absolutely. Than, Absolutely. than the actual prod because like you will win over so many more people um mm -hmm. by screwing something up originally having them come to you and have you fix it and then they will be brand loyal to you for a long 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 time um assuming sure. you don't keep screwing stuff up for them but yeah yeah but you know what i mean like there's, there's definitely impact mm -hmm. because most of the time like a person that buys it has a fine you know relationship mm -hmm. or experience with it never contacts you you'll never hear from them yep. again um, yeah. and, and it's just yeah, not no. as meaningful. You're, you're absolutely right. Cause you know, like I'll go back to, you know, the early days when we launched Gloop, where we had problems with our product and, you know, the caps and how they sealed and, uh, you know, it, we've lost untold numbers of customers because of those issues. However, there were a few customers that have reached out and said, Hey, this didn't work. And it allowed us the opportunity to fix it. And it wasn't really that that expectation like, oh, hey, you have to fix. It was more so, hey, I just want to let you know about this. And it gave us that opportunity to go and say, okay, well, hey, you know, yeah, that's our screw up. Or, oh, hey, you know, you left the bottle open. You didn't tighten the seal correctly. Yeah. While that's not our fault, we're going to go ahead and, and take that customer service hit or, you know, and we'll just go ahead and, you know, like replace that product for you. Um, you know, so, so it's kind of, I think it's a little bit of our own creation. Like, you know, it's, it sucks where customers just automatically expect things like, oh, I dropped my coffee in the, you know, in the lobby, you know, will you make me a new one? Yeah. But also at the same time, it's, it's a really good opportunity for the company to show how willing they are to go above and beyond. Um, and, and so, you know, I do wish exactly like you were saying, like there was some way to, you know, share those stories um you know or or communicate well, that to other customers and people to, to their credit a lot of people will leave that stuff in their rating i mm -hmm. i really appreciate when i do read through reviews uh, the people that will not only leave a review but then leave an edit of a review uh and say mm -hmm. update uh, either for good yep. or bad like sometimes they'll start yeah. with like a low star rating and they'll be like reached out to customer service they replaced it they walked me through fixing it i realized there were some issues and i i'm changing my rating Great. Yeah. Uh, works the other way too. You know, started great, but then, uh, you know, after six months of use, the hinge broke and now it's, yeah. you know, not as. So a lot of that other stuff is like the, the timing in which people leave the rating, right? Very few mm -hmm. people actually come back and will leave like a year in review or whatever. But like we, yeah. and, and there was some comments on this early in the chat, the value of like a YouTuber review, which I want to get into in a second here of like a mm -hmm. product where, where you're watching the sure. video and you're seeing that experience. Most of the time it's a very, it's their first experience getting it and they don't ever come back to it. Right. So it's like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I can take it out of the box. I can, I'm talking about a 3d printer. Now I can take it out of the box, set it sure. up. Uh, I can run the G code that's provided. I get output. Mm, great. 
cool. Uh, five stars, meaningless in yeah. my in my mind. Um, yeah. I want to know how that thing holds tune over the course of farming on it for like two years straight. Like nobody, that's <laughs> completely impractical. Nobody's going to take the time. I don't want to say nobody because there are people out there, but you know what I mean. Sure. Nobody is going to come back and do that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, where the real value lies is like the true experiential piece. Yep. And so all you're getting is just like a snapshot of a moment in time of somebody's just first impression mm-hmm. yep. mostly so oh, again, yeah. I'm like how useful are these reviews yep yeah but, but it, we it, love them as consumers don't yep. we it it's tough it's it's very tough i think uh, you know in the in the aspect of, of reviewing something more complex like the 3d printers um you have some very valid points where you know there's this is expected to be in operation for a a while. Um, You know, and I'm thinking like, okay, you know, for instance, we are, you know, in the market for some new machinery for producing, you know, our products. And, you know, when we reach out to these these companies that produce this machinery, some of the first things I ask for is, is references. Now references are a little bit different than reviews, but in, in in essence, there's still a review because now what I'm able to do is I'm able to contact that company who purchased this piece of equipment and ask them how it's going, ask them maintenance schedules, uh, you know, breakdowns, that sort of stuff. And yeah. a lot of times you don't get that when it comes to, you know, whatever you're buying, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, whereas, you know, I, I could see some real value there in, in, you know, 3d printers, like having the ability to have customers that, you know, might even be able to take questions or, or, or whatever from other customers, you know, customers like, you know, the open form, if you will. Um, that's really interesting. Know. Like, are you actually get so, so when we're talking about big industrial expensive equipment, that's incredibly mm-hmm. valuable information. I'm surprised nobody's mm-hmm. like better figured out how to monetize that is yeah the, are, are companies actually giving well first of all that's still cherry picking because they're not gonna it is send you to it a is. company that hates their stuff and yeah at, at a price point when you're buying like a thirty thousand dollar piece of machinery um mm-hmm. you're pretty invested in that thing once you've got it right and exactly. so again you're like you're not going to just like, ah, it didn't work and toss it out the way that you did with, you know, whatever yes. crappy thing you bought off of Amazon. So, mm-hmm. again, there's just bias inherent in the system. And, and yep. it's like when you call for a job reference, that feels mm-hmm. like a ridiculous process to me as well. Because nobody is ever going to put a reference. I'm not going to say nobody because there are some <laughs> stupid people out there. But nobody's ever going to leave a reference that, that is not going to yeah. like – leave a glowing review you would that'd be stupid mm-hmm. right um yeah. i don't know maybe i'm just too cynical but you're you're yeah. getting i mean it it is mm-hmm. nice if they'll put you in contact with a customer i know obviously there's privacy concerns and all that stuff sure that's a pretty mm-hmm. pretty nice service though for for sales mm-hmm. i mean well yeah and and usually if you're buying a piece of equipment you can ask and say hey listen I want to talk to someone who has this piece of equipment in operation. You know, $30,000 is a lot of money for, you know, a small startup like us. So it's like, we want to know that it's going to actually last. Now, you can tell us all your marketing stuff all you want. Right. But until I'm able to have that one-on-one conversation with another customer that has it, you know, it's a lot harder, you know, for me to gauge. Um, you know, I think, 
I do think that that's you know, you're like you're you're saying it is a bit of cherry picking, but we're we're getting closer, right, yeah. to what's actually yeah. you know the the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the whole situation. Yeah, it's so. it's never going to be a perfect system, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. I think it is nice to have some kind like. It just depends on what your expectations are, right? Like you know that it's mm-hmm. it's going to take some setup time. There's going to be some calibration that's got to go on and all this stuff. But you can yeah. still ask some useful questions in terms of like, well, how long did this last you? You know, just get to some expectation for budget, even mm-hmm. if it's not like an immediate thing. It's like these are all mm-hmm. factors in, in understanding the product. Like I wish people yeah. like did that kind of diligence and like i said the more expensive it is the more diligence you would hope people are gonna yeah. do you know you buy a yeah. house you you pay an inspector you go in there you kick the tires mm-hmm. these are not impulse buys right no nope. and that's a mm-hmm. that's a completely different experience it's interesting because as a uh, a manufacturer um it's mm-hmm. only now that well one we're making a name for ourselves in the space but two that we're starting to get approached for reviews of more like manufacturing grade stuff. Um, you, you know, mm-hmm. I was a manufacturing grade, but it's like I did that stream last week of, of the, the jaw box automation system, or I've got some hard sure. nozzles, diamond nozzles in the queue that I'm going to go over the new belts for the, the printers. And it's, it's only because I've been doing it for a, a period of time now that like the credibility and the utility exists right but like it's not practical for most people to go start a youtube channel but then also have to start a company and run manufacturing (laughs) for multiple years before you can actually give interesting perspective and valuable feedback um sure so it's interesting i think we have a, a, a neat little space that we can exist in and i love doing that i would do it just because i'm passionate mm-hmm. about the space and the products and stuff anyway i don't monetize that currently in any way whatsoever but there is a lot of value and a, and mm-hmm. a big need for as genuine a review of something as possible and to be able to look at something with the eyes of like, how is this going to serve me over the course of sure. the next two, three, five years of whatever the depreciable lifespan of this equipment mm-hmm. might be is a completely different thing than unboxing a hundred dollar 3d printer. Right. You know? Yep. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a digression down the, the <laughs> value rabbit, but it ties into the whole aspect of like, well, what mm-hmm. makes a review useful, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. Tell me in the chat, like, something that you have purchased that, that that's a little higher of a price point that you either wish you did a little bit more research on uh, or <laughs> uh, uh, you did all the research and it it – did it make did it meet your expectations did it fail like give me give me some mm-hmm. give me some context and stuff like that or or have you have you used it long enough where you can say yeah i'm a pro and i would i would really be able to leave a good meaningful review on this at this point um mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more of that that's out there but you know it's it's not new interesting stuff like we only see a lot of these youtube reviews let's talk about those for a second Ooh, on okay. the latest greatest right like mm-hmm. like any of the traditional influencers that we've dealt with in our space you know mm-hmm. the minute that it's like 3 years old they're like well that's 3 years old like that's not yeah uh, that's stale i'm yeah. not going to do a review on that right sure mhm yeah, you know that's that's an interesting point, and I, and I think someone here, um, you know, uh, in the in the chat asked about uh, specifically like 
finding customers to give feedback after a year or two years or three years, like, you know, in, in that, in that example, I think that there is some real value there and, and maybe, you know, maybe it makes sense to reach out to those customers and say, Hey, you know, like you used our product a long time ago. What do you think about it now? Or, you know, how has it been working, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for you? Yeah. Um, you know, cause you're exactly right. Like most people, they get caught up in the, Oh, well, it's only the new things that sell because everyone wants that shiny object, that new thing, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, Hmm. That's yeah. That's, that's definitely interesting. <laughs> well, it's, it's just a, it's a completely different way of looking at the other challenge. So look at a, let's call mm -hmm. it a traditional influencer model, whether it's 3d sure. printing, uh, RC cars, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, as a business, look at, at the business of being an influencer on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would not categorize myself as such, but I would say I run with that crowd pretty substantially and I've seen sure. pretty intimately what it takes. So I'm looking at the, the, the business sense of leaving a review. So they need to make money to exist, right? Mm -hmm. So traditionally yep. ad revenue is one way sponsorships is another the minute the minute sure. that they're sponsored there is inherent bias there's a lot of debate around the utility of leaving a sponsored review regardless of how mm -hmm. many we, people were talking about uh, uncle jesse in the chat clayton good friend of mine um mm -hmm. you know he is very upfront about who is sponsoring him and all this stuff. And, and you can do that all you want. He'll still get called a sellout that, that you're never yep. going to appeal to everyone. But my point is, is that <clears throat> when people, people don't want an unboxing local maker, of Michigan um, mentions like mm -hmm. it's completely useless. I don't appreciate reviews of unboxing. You can't get a sense yep. of how good something is after two minutes. Completely agree. Um, yep. I, I think that, there, there might be value in just like, I want to see this new thing that everybody's talking about and I can actually get some pictures and see it spun around. That's fine. Right. But like really understanding like how well is this thing going to work if I want this as a tool in my toolbox mm -hmm. that I'm going to use for business, you know, for two mm -hmm. years. Clayton's not going to like use the thing for two years and then edit together a long video explaining sure. over the course of two years what his experience was or one year or six months even. Yeah. Right. That is just not feasible uh it is not mm -hmm. it's not profitable to to probably run it that way because it yeah. takes so many hours and people are not willing to pay for that that that's mm -hmm. not to say that there's not value in that but we don't mm -hmm. look at that as somebody that's watching a youtube video you're not going to look at it and be like this guy put two years of his life into reviewing this yeah. for me therefore i am willing to pay this versus just it be a regular youtube video their expectation is i should be able to watch this for free on youtube or maybe sure. i subscribe to you know not have the commercials mm -hmm. or something like that but that's it yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. so it all comes down to again the consumer perceived value of given sure stuff. If you want that quality review it's gonna cost somehow it's gonna mm -hmm. cost somebody time and money and energy are you willing mm -hmm. to pay for that? Um, so th yeah. that's why we have, you know, what's the best answer to that so far? Maybe something like a consumer reports. And I mean, I don't know if that's a perfect system either, but yeah, at least they yeah. are trying to like, they get funding. They use that funding to purchase whatever they want, whatever they want with it without influence supposedly. And then do a mm -hmm. write up of it, take their time, pay the writers yeah. and all that stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people look at consumer reports. I, mean, I got to imagine their subscribership yeah, I mean, is incredibly down compared to what it's been in the past. Personally, I don't, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, that's I, unfortunate because I, 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 I think that yeah. there's good value in that kind of mm-hmm. review. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would actually, I would agree. I think that there would be actually in many cases more value out of those things. So why, than, you know, just why is that? So, you know, <laughs> speaking from the aspect of you know like like i was saying earlier from purchasing a larger piece of equipment and wanting to get a perspective on how that equipment operates over time you know like for us some of the big things are like maintenance schedules you know if parts break how do we get them those sorts of things uh that support if you will yeah you know we can you know hear the salesperson say all all of these great whiz bang things but when the rubber actually meets the road how well does that actually happen in in pro you know in process um and you know if it's a consumer report where it's an independent you know kind of review an in-depth review where you're able to kind of audit these things to, to me that i think that has a lot more value than even just a generic customer saying oh hey i've had this for you know x number of months or maybe i had it for this and then you know a year later they go and update the review you know mm-hmm. it's getting closer but mm-hmm. generally speaking i think it's it's probably you know if you're going to go into the aspect of i'm going to do a consumer report on this product you are going to kick the tires pretty hard i think whereas a customer Can't might come- use it just as you know is is whatever they might do maybe they're using it incorrectly maybe they're not <laughs> you know i don't know um Another great point so, in the chat from Local Maker Michigan. Uh, it's like something being UL listed is supposed to mean that it's been mm-hmm. tested to a very stringent set of safety standards, I'll add. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, in this day and age, we've talked about mm-hmm. this before on the pod, price is king for people. And we yep. we – We'll talk a good game. We want it to be safe. We want to have that UL listing. But given the two Mm -hmm. products and the cost, guys, getting Mm -hmm. UL listed on something is very expensive. I don't know why I said it like that, but it is very expensive. It's very expensive. And I think think UL used to mean something more than it does now. Unfortunately, (laughs) I I believe I believe that, you know, some of these some of these testing organizations become bloated and to a point where their stamp or verification is is more so now just a literally a rite of passage, a, a, you know, a, uh, you know, verified badge that you pay eight dollars for. Right. You know, and you get your sticker. Um. And in many cases, that's what it's come down to, um, which is unfortunate because then it's like, well, how do you actually verify this? So, you know, it's tough. <sighs> yes. And I mean, then you start get this is another digression, but then you get into stuff like even the emission standards that used to exist, on, mm-hmm. or still exist on cars. But like we found out there were, you know, uh, Volkswagen Defeat uh, devices. Actually, yeah. there was a lot. <laughs> It wasn't just Volkswagen either. It was just Volkswagen was the big one that got outed for it. But there's yeah. people cheating yeah, systems caught. and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that that um, again. So it's like we have these standards in place supposedly make it. But so we're, we're there shortcuts being taken all along the way. And it's yeah. unfortunate that it's just degrading the safety standards, the customer experience and all this and all in the name of money. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I would I would love to see something like a consumer reports make, and I know that they're still around. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, 
I would love to see more <clears throat> people willing to, you know, invest in, yeah. in meaningful review like that. Yeah. But maybe that's just yeah. me. And and honestly, you don't need that level of review for, sure. you know, the umbrella that you're buying for 20 bucks on yeah. Amazon. Um, sure. But but it stinks because it's like it's been diluted across the spectrum and and useful tools for making decisions is uh mm-hmm. it seems like it's it's going by the wayside but for for multitude sure. of reasons i don't know i don't know man uh that's that that's not really the place i wanted to end up like uh, but sure. if we're trying to wrap this whole thing up you know looking at mm-hmm. as a consumer i think we like the, the same way we like the idea of made in the USA or buy local or yep. anything. It's like, we love saying mm-hmm. like, Oh, we like our product reviews and all this stuff. But like, if anybody's yep. like stopping and digging in and being like, it's all kind of BS. If you yep. look at it, not <laughs> entirely like, yes, like there are yes. good people leaving, but you have to dig. And a lot of the times mm-hmm. time is money and you don't want to spend the time to do that. And so maybe you look at the first three reviews and you're like, yeah, that feels about right. And yep. at the end of the day, you make the purchase knowing that mm-hmm. if I'm wrong or whatever, I'm out 20, 30 bucks, uh, for some stuff. Sure. Sure. It's hard to apply that for all products. Right. So when you get into the 200, mm-hmm. the 500, the thousand dollar price point, like I think there's different decision-making processes uh, yep. that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, it really comes down to, again, that perception of value. You know, one one person might not bat an eye at $20 where someone else says, oh, well, $20 is, you know, a, you know, a, a decent meal for lunch or dinner or whatever for myself versus, you know, this this bottle of glue, whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. So what so what's the message in as a, a seller? Like if mm-hmm. you're going if, if we're going like. Caesar thumbs up, thumbs down here (laughs) for your own website. Let's just start there. Mm -hmm. Should you have product reviews on your own website? I think so. Uh, I I do think so because for us, we have seen a noticeable uptick in sales. We have seen a noticeable, you know, higher conversion rate when people are on the product pages that have reviews versus when they don't have reviews. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, the data is saying that there is something there. And to be clear, it's not much. We're talking like maybe 1%. Yeah. But, you know, if, you know, in, in a game of numbers, 1% can, you know, be a decent amount on the bottom line. Yeah. So, well, and, and it's interesting you say that because let's be honest, most e-commerce packages nowadays have just a pretty trivial means of enabling review system. Um, mm-hmm. And so yep. the argument that, there's really no reason not to unless you've mm-hmm. got so because I think the perception is oh you must have something to hide. Um yeah. my issue is the amount of and maybe it's just an optimization, but just like given how hard it is to get people to read the information that I need them to have in the first place. Um, sure. but it, you know what? If they the the counterpoint to that is if they glean it from reading a review, at least, at least they're reading something and getting some information, mm-hmm. even though you don't get to control that as much. I don't know. I know yep. I need to, it's, I would agree with you that it's so trivial to put up there. Like we, you know, you should do it um, mm-hmm. because it's got that psychological impact, whether or not it really has that value, it has perceived value. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's value, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm just yep. lamenting the fact that I just really wish it was more useful information, sure. but yeah, there is no perfect yep. system. Um, 
okay, as a consumer, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Chris uh, in the chat, Practical Printing mentions he, he never looks at reviews that are more than three stars. I've heard a lot of people say that where – uh, they feel that they can glean a lot more useful information from the ne- negativity than the positivity, mm-hmm. which is yeah unfortunate because it's like when you look at the bell curve of people leaving reviews, it's either people that are really happy or really upset, and you don't get a lot of mm-hmm. that chewy. You don't get center, a, yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was all mm-hmm. right. You know, it was fine. It worked. It did its job. Yeah. Like nobody's going to take the time to leave that review. Um, yeah, I would dig in a little deeper on that and say when I'm scrolling through reviews, I'm looking for length like somebody that's mm-hmm. actually taken some yep. time to put some thought into it i'm yep. not looking at what the initial star thing was i'm like okay here's somebody that's like at least got i've got thoughts i've got feels on this yep. um exactly good or bad yeah you know? yeah that'd be an yeah, interesting no, way I, to I think... sort reviews sorted by like character count sorted by yeah yeah that's an interesting <laughs> thing yeah sorted by length of review that's a really interesting that's something you know that's kind of clever <laughs> I, I would do it you know like, i would totally do like it. i know tell me in the I chat if you would instance, do it <laughs> like i know for Agree instance when i'm looking at at some products on uh on on amazon i i will look to see if like you know if it's something like uh, like a physical thing that it needs to be implemented or whatever like i'll look at pictures and see people who posted reviews with pictures yeah. um you know whether it's like a hinge or something else like you know i want to see how it functions yeah. um you know that's that's where i find meaning you know or value there um but yeah a length you know review sorting that that's an interesting way to look at it <laughs> you know what else might be interesting this is again a bit of a digression but if you were allowed to record a customer service experience whether it's a phone call a chat log a video call mm-hmm. where in the name of transparency like that would be mm-hmm. useful. I feel like that'd be interesting. Sure. Stuff. And the data is like, it's already existing out there. Like I know there's some privacy yeah. issues. Like if you're going to uh, consent to being recorded, but like from the consumer side, like, like if, if it's not like, I'm not cherry picking these things. If there was a mechanism by which somebody could basically record the chat log or whatever and be like, mm-hmm. this was my experience in working like that. That is some pretty valuable data as well. I, I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you feel like about that. Um, the other thing, we no, talk- I think, I think there's some interesting things there. I think there's, I think there's something really interesting there where that, that could be something that I could pr- personally see some value in it for us where again you're capturing that 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 customer interaction that many people don't get to see unless there is a problem and most people don't go out of their way to share so and i think hmm. people would be better like like i said transparency is just you know good for everyone like if if uh and it's so telling right in terms of the experience um Uh you know i i i I would love to see that may be a great software as a service uh, product for somebody I, honestly i think so i think so just recording like, I mean, chat logs recording video chats recording phone calls whatever and then aggregating it maybe in the way that tr- maybe it's an add-on to something like a trust pilot or you know there that, that was the other thing there's third-party systems out there that exist mm-hmm. so that they can be in supposedly an impartial uh capturer of these things the way that amazon has been um mm-hmm. for stuff because like i said me being able to post just cherry picked reviews has very little value to the end user. Mm-hmm. But if I'm saying like, I will allow Trustpilot to display whatever it is because I believe in my product and my customer service. Yep. That's way more impactful in my, in my mind. I don't know. 
Absolutely. Look at no, I agree. We're innovating business ideas yeah. right here. If you're if you're somebody jot it down and make a business out of that and then uh good good on yeah. you if you make millions with it. <laughs> millions and billions. Um Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, local make local maker likes it. Reaction videos on customer service phone calls. I mean, it seems like it could be entertaining too. I'd, yeah. I'd watch that, right? The YouTube channel where it's just yeah. like I'm calling Whirlpool customer support today. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The problem is, is people are gonna start trolling, and you know, like there's, there's sure. sat- a lot of satire that can, which would also be sure. entertaining. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, YouTube could be a, could be a YouTube channel. Sure. You got to have your unique <laughs> shtick, right? This Absolutely. has been a good conversation, guys. I appreciate everybody in the chat. Yeah. Uh, I hope that, um, it's giving you some stuff to think about. I hope that as a consumer that you, uh, I challenge you to be better and fair and leave reviews. I, t- I will tell you as a mm-hmm. business, I, I appreciate all feedback, oh, good and bad. Yep. And it's like Courtney was saying at the top of the show, a lot of times it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it, right? It's like, if you're going to yep. come at me, like, mm-hmm. your stuff sucks, and da 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 like, like, I'm going to, of course, be defensive and a lot less receptive mm-hmm. to that. But if you come to me, like, and be like, um, listen, I, I wanted to just, I, I, I you know, I, I bought your mm-hmm. products, I just wanted to let you know yep. I had some issues with it, whatever. I'm so unbelievably, and I know you are too, appreciative yep. of those people taking their time to do that because most of the time, in my experience, you're, mm-hmm. you'll find out after you get flamed online somewhere else that somebody was unhappy, they're never going to let mm-hmm. you know. And yep. um, not even giving you an opportunity to correct or to educate them on the fact, you know what, you actually weren't using that properly, which is why it didn't work. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. What I would wrap up with, or one of the things I'm thinking of, is like part of the reason I don't like reviews, I, I would much rather the so, the social media stuff exist out there because it's in public domain, right? Like I love transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's still ways that I could probably be better about implementing some of that transparency on the site perhaps. And and it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not – if you have problems is how you deal with those problems that really sure. me, has the, the value of stuff. You know, th- that, that makes me think like some of the things that we do at, at the trade shows where, you, you know, you saw, we had that, uh, that whole TV monitor where we would actually comb through like TikToks or, you know, Instagram reels or whatever of people using our products and getting their, their feedback from it. Like, Oh, Hey, look, look what some of the cool things I'm creating or some, some of those things that I'm doing, um, you know, to, to us, there's a lot more value in those experiences from people, because again, it's showing people, this is how, for one, you use our product, which is a little bit different than, you know, for instance, and typical glue and, you know, just again, their experiences, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that social aspect is really, uh, um, is really kind of king nowadays. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the more that you can kind of integrate some of that social aspect of the reviews into your products, I think is um, is going to go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what Alex is talking about, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I, I don't think anybody's quite mm-hmm. like nailed that yet. I don't know. You guys tell me if you think there's options out there, but support via public forum so anyone ha- can see how you respond. Yeah. I mean, I love mm-hmm. that. That's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I understand that there's, 
you know, there's implementation challenges to each of those things, but uh, I, I think that it should, as a business, guys, you should focus on making sure that whatever your response, like if you're not comfortable saying something to a customer and knowing that it could end up, it will oftentimes end up on social media, mm-hmm. whatever that is, the world we live in, then then you need to look inward. There is something that you're not doing right. And I understand that it's really hard a lot of times when you get some very aggressive, very jerky people contacting mm-hmm. you and you want to you know be that way like mm-hmm. you know anybody that knows me knows that I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty i think pretty straightforward uh, easy to talk to person and i i try my best you know all the stuff out there but there are absolutely customers out there that think i'm a complete a-hole because yep. <laughs> i just didn't respond yep. the way they wanted me to and you know you just have to accept the fact that, that that's always going to exist and you hopefully are able to minimize that and and help as many people mm-hmm. as you can because there's no helping everybody unfortunately um absolutely but you know try your best keep at it assume you're being watched and do you know act it uh, again with a little empathy thinking about well if you were the customer and you received it this way most of the mm-hmm. time i'm mortified that we're putting stuff out there and we screw up and i'm very humble about the whole thing because i would hate it if i sure. got something that was broken or incomplete and stuff too so mm-hmm all good yep. stuff. Um, I really, like I said, I really appreciate everybody in the chat for participating. Llama, I hear you. He, we had a request about some topic information. Maybe we'll cover on a soon one. He wants uh, a soon episode, an episode soon, uh, on <laughs> SEO. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> and, and having been web do, uh, done, having been a web developer and done a decent amount of it, I can't say that I'm uh, current on all the latest. But there's a lot mm-hmm. there, and and obviously there's a lot of value. You might what I might consider for that is trying to find an expert, maybe a business owner that, that runs an SEO yeah, company so, or something like that, that we can actually yeah. get some good testimonial. That's a great suggestion, though. Yes, and uh, we will we will absolutely put that on the list for a future one because I know that's something we could all benefit from as as absolutely uh, business owners. <laughs> So we yeah. appreciate you. Thank you guys for your contributions. Tune in uh, not next week because again we'll be I'll be gone next week, but we'll be back in two weeks. What day is that, Andrew? That's the twenty uh... fifth. Would oh, that geez, be the twenty fifth? Is that we're closing? Is that Black, Black Friday. Friday? Should we Black have a Black Friday. Friday episode? We'll talk about Black Friday. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the importance of Black Friday, eh? No. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea. We'll talk. We'll be back yeah. on Black Friday to talk about Black Friday. I love it. Until then, everybody, enjoy your weekend and keep on makering that money. I'm Pooch from Repcord. I'm Andrew from 3D Glue. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you, everybody. See ya.